0: They say this cat brother Craig is a bad brother. But I'm talking about hatchet. The really, deal. the really real deal with brother Craig, the hatchet man, every Saturday. Who is the hatchet man? Where is the hatchet man? Who is this
1: hatchet man and where can we find him? Okay, okay. Brother Craig is the hatchet
2: man and you can find him at WNTW 820 The Answer.
0: The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, on eight twenty AM WNTW.
1: Now, no more water, you guys,
3: please. Who let the dogs out? Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Who let the
1: dogs out? Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Welcome to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood Hatchet Man, Brother Craig. I don't know who let the dog out, but the big dog is out, and uh, folks, we have a. Fantastic program, as always, lined up for you today. And uh, we're going to have, uh, joining us in a very, very few minutes is going to be the uh, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. And uh, really, really, really uh, looking forward to that conversation. And uh, you all know Reverend Peterson, he really gets down on them really, really hard. And when I say them, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> okay? ha, ha, ha. We are really looking forward to that. And, uh, and of course, there's so much going on, and Donald Trump uh, is just driving these uh, fake liberals crazy. Uh, you know, and I've been calling them neoliberals for years. I, one thing I never do, I never refer to these people as liberals. They're not liberals, okay? To me, I, I'm a wordsmith. Words mean things, okay? These people... They don't I mean the root word of liberal is liberty. A liberal in a classic sense what a liberal truly is, a liberal is a person that believes at its foundation in liberty. And they may disagree. They they might just say, "Well, I disagree with my friend brother Craig the hatchet man, but I would def- give my life to defend his right to say it." Now these folks today that call themselves liberals and more often it's uh, conservatives that call them liberals, and now I've got another whole rant on, cons- on conservatives that are not really conservative, okay? <laughs> you know, it's a wonder I have any listeners, folks, because I, I beat up on both sides, you know. I've been saying for years I don't have a big hatchet for the Democrats and a little hatchet for the Republicans. I just have the hatchet of truth, and folks, believe me, it is sharp on both sides. And uh, I just love slinging this hatchet of truth. I've been saying it for years. The truth is my hatchet. I bring it and I sling it. And uh, we have to do this. If we're going to be members of the media, And see, media is a sacred obligation, folks. I mean, the, 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 the word spoken or written is, is something that is imbued with a power that is holy. Think about it, okay? Creation was spoken into existence. God said be, and it was. This is a sacred obligation. The, uh, I was honored uh, by the Richmond Times Dispatch to be one of uh, several people that they uh, put out a request to write an article. This article is running in tomorrow's Sunday newspaper in the commentary section. They asked several people across the state of Virginia to answer this question. Do you trust the media? And, of course, you know, I had to do my hatchet man thing, and you know I could easily answer that with one word, no. But not only am I a radio broadcaster, I am president of the First Amendment, Inc., and, and so I thought I would take a tack on the uh, Constitution. So my article opens up citing the First Amendment, and then I go on to break down the First Amendment from uh, the that it has six clauses in it, uh, the first two, and they're grouped in three sets of two. And I've never heard it broken down this way, but if you, even if you look at the punctuation, it's Those six clauses, they're separated by a comma, then a semicolon, a comma, then a semicolon, a comma, then a semicolon. You can, and logically, you can group them together. The first two are religion and faith, okay? You cannot have religion forced upon you, but you're free to exercise your religion. The second two are speech individual speech and corporate speech or institutional speech. So you as an individual, Me as an individual, as Brother Craig the Hatchet Man, I'm free to speak. But also, as President of the First Amendment Inc., I'm free to speak. As a part of a, a radio station, I'm free to speak. Okay? I can go out here and found the new Republican Party and I'm free to speak, or we would be free to speak. And same thing with you all, your churches your community groups, political parties, you're free to speak. These so-called liberals today, they don't believe in free speech. They're really not liberals. This is why I call them, for years I've been calling them neoliberals. I think I'm going to go to calling them fake liberals with all this fake news out here. So these fake liberals are not really liberal. They don't believe in liberty. They believe in shutting down the opposition. So out at a... Place like Berkeley where the free speech movement uh, got uh, much of its notoriety back in the 60s same college rather than uh, free speech today what are they doing so fearful that someone with a conservative viewpoint is going to win some converts that they seek to shut this individual down that shows you the vacuity of their uh, intellectual positions They don't even have faith in themselves to articulate what they say they believe in. They are are anti-American. They do not believe in free speech. And the same thing, and since we're just starting so-called Black History Month, you know, I'm telling you, as a black man who's been black for 55 years, every month is Black History Month, not just the short one, February. Every month. And every month should be American History Month. Every month. Now I wrote an article. Uh, this was last year in the Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh, Race lies and video. And and actually I I, I wrote uh, a longer, more hard-hitting version of that same article that was published online, uh, uh, titled uh, "Poverty Pimps." <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, and, and how these people, and it, and it sort of ties into the article that I, that I had published on uh, Dr. King's birthday or the celebration of it, which was uh, that, that next Monday the 16th, um, entitled, um, oh, I'm getting brain And I just wrote this article, uh, When Anniversaries Collide, and uh, how Dr. King's birthday coincided with the anniversary of that famous letter, Jacques that was written over 100 years ago where a a French writer accused the uh, French president of um, doing um, injustice to Dreyfus, who was a Jewish member of the uh, military. And so I basically accused all these poverty pimp Negroes like Jesse Jackson, like Louis Farrakhan, like Al Sharpton. And yes, like Barack Obama, I basically accused them of co-opting falsely the legacy of the late great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I highly encourage you all out there, if you've not read that article, you can just Google it, uh, When Anniversaries Collide. And um, with that, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, you're in for a treat, folks, because we have a show off as, as we country boys say, okay? Not just an onion-toting reverend, a show off onion-toting reverend, okay? Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson, uh, we are honored to have him on the other side of the break.
0: A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. <laughs>
1: Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this Rendezvous with Destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org, military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com, Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VACHristian.org, and and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here. that you tell them michael jackson look at that man in the mirror welcome back to the program virginia your friendly friendly neighborhood hatchet man brother craig coming at you live on virginia's big dog radio program the really real deal and before we get started with our fantastic guests folks i do have to mention I've been telling you for weeks now that your friendly neighborhood hatchet man has been suffering with back pain for many, many years. And uh, I went to Dr. Nelson Gregory at Richmond Chiropractic Solutions. And I'm telling you, I almost want to be all, what's that James Brown? Oh, I feel good. <laughs> so if you want to feel good, you've got to check uh, Dr. Gregory out, okay? RichmondChiropracticSolutions.com. He's located just two blocks from St. Mary's Hospital in uh, Midtown, Richmond. And he's uh, on Bremo Road in the Bremo Medical Center, which is a half block off of Broad Street. Very, very centrally located, easy to get to. And uh, this gentleman has been doing chiropractic for years and years and years. He he has white hair, okay? And uh, he knows his stuff. Check him out. Tell him your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, brother Craig sent you. And with that, we want to say hello to our our good friend, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. Uh Reverend Peterson, how are you doing, brother?
2: All is well. Uh Brother Craig, thanks for having me on. You can call me Jesse.
1: Jesse, oh, okay. It's an honor to have you on, man. <laughs> I've been look, I was uh reading uh what was this a, a week or so ago. And I, I have the article right here. I, uh, I came across your article, uh, President Trump, Man of Authority, okay? Yep. And uh, I've been seeing you for years being interviewed on Fox and writing articles and doing things. You have a fantastic organization based in Los Angeles, uh, California, where you're uh, rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. You're really doing great things. But I'm telling you, brother, when I saw this article, okay, I say a man of God wrote this article, President Trump, man of authority. And uh, do, do you get down like that when you're in your pulpit, brother?
2: I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I realized uh, uh, 26, uh, well, at least 28 years ago that we got to start telling the truth. I had to first be honest with myself at the time that, you know, I was a sinner that needed to be born again. And when you're honest with yourself, then God can do things with you. And so uh, it was that truth that changed my life. And I realized from that that the only way that the people are going to get better in the black community or in the country at large is that we have to start telling the truth because the lie destroys you and the truth makes you free. And so that's why I can't help but tell the truth because I know it's, it's of God and that's the only way that we're going to get better
1: amen to that and uh you know and you packed and you know this uh, and folks i highly encourage you all out there to to google this article president trump man of authority because this is this this is not just about president trump this is about men about fathers yes. about god uh it i it was i had to read it twice this this is a powerful article
2: it's on uh it's on dot com, W N D dot com, but they could go to my website, RebuildingTheMan.com, RebuildingTheMan.com. dot com, dot com. It's there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And see, and this is what these uh fake liberals uh never talk about because you know, and I hit them harder than your typical Republican. Your typical Republican Uh, Even a lot that are in our business, and I say our business, folks, because uh, Jesse also has a radio program uh, out in out in Los Angeles. So so a lot of folks in our business, Jesse, they will say, well, uh, Obama doesn't get it. Hillary doesn't get it. The Democrats don't get it. I mean, and I've been saying for years, no, the Republicans don't get it because we outnumber these people. The Christian Conservative Constitutional yeah. Coalition is the majority of this country, is is it not?
2: And we saw that with, when, with uh, President Trump winning. It was the Christian who helped him to win. And it's it just been mind-blowing to see over the last eight years, and even longer than that, how the Christian have been afraid to speak up. Yes, They've allowed the Democrats to just do and act and say whatever they want. And it's just been amazing to see that kind of fear but this last election, they decided it's best to speak up and get in the man that's going to make the country great again. Mm-hmm. And you see what happened. And you're right. There are more Christians than there are non-Christians.
1: Yes. And they even uh, people who uh, self-identify as conservative outnumber people who self-identify as liberal. I Absolutely. mean, every way you spl- slice it up. We are leaving uh, a whole lot on the table when we use these uh, little inside the box configurations to communicate with people, and that's why I love what you're doing. Uh, you are going outside of the box. You're speaking a hard truths, and um, you know, and and doing a little research prior to bringing you on. I find uh, it's strange. You, I know you're doing a good job because when I Google you, I find more written. By these nasty neoliberals attacking you, then I find what you've written that that so you I know you're doing the job
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they hate the truth they yes. literally hate the truth, and anyone who uh speaks the truth, live the truth, or write the truth, they're gonna try to shut you down right away right and and uh it's unfortunate i mean it's unfortunate that a lot of people are afraid of that. But we got to, as you know, and as you're doing, we got to start telling the truth because the darkness will wipe us out. You know, um, I I wrote last this week. My article is about uh, the the um, the fact that black men and women have had power in their hands for the last sixty years or so. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had black politicians. Uh, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. You have black preachers with making churches.
3: Mm-hmm. We have
2: had governors and mayors who are black and police chiefs and police uh, men and women. And we just ended with the black president, Barack Obama, because he identified more with the black than he does the white.
3: Mm-hmm. He
2: had the uh, power of the United States of America in his hand. And yet, he was not able to improve upon the black community at all he nearly destroyed the whole country but he wasn't able to improve on the country the crime in chicago got worse under barack obama it went up instead of going yes, down it's off the hook it's, yeah i mean he could he have yeah. taken the national guard and the police departments around the country in there and cleaned out the the drugs and the, and the gang members but he did nothing and the first thing that President Trump says, one of the first things that he's going to go and clean up the urban areas. Mm-hmm. So my article this week is Trump, white savior <laughs> to Black America.
1: <laughs> and see, I love how you dig under their skins. Okay, <laughs> right here at Black you, History Month. <laughs> that's right.
2: Why do you think? Why do you think over the last sixty years? Not one black man or woman, but especially man, because the men are supposed to do it. Yes. Why haven't one black man with authority been able to stop the crime and clean up the communities around the country?
1: Now, I, I think that it's a plan to create, to sow discord, because even even yeah. biblically, what does the devil? Uh, what does God say that the devil is seeking to do? kill, steal, and destroy, going yeah. to and fro, seeking whom he can devour. And this is, they rule by darkness. They don't rule by by light. And we rule by light. And yeah. the, the, the darkness that's required in order to have chaos, these people, they benefit from chaos. So they don't want these problems solved. I mean, in the first two years of Obama's presidency, he had what? Democrat? Congress, Democrat Senate, he could have done anything he wanted to do. He could have solved. He could have passed an immigration bill. He could have passed a crime bill. He could have passed an education bill. There were not enough Republicans to stop him from doing anything in his first two years. And he purposely did none of it because I think they want the issues and they want to have uh, hell running rampant through the streets and then point the finger at these stupid Republicans that don't have enough strength to open their mouths up and speak the truth and say, these people are not my friend across the aisle who are mistaken. These people are doing this to you on purpose.
2: Yeah. I just, you know, it's just amazing. And not only have they not done anything in the last 50 to 60 years, things have gotten worse. But yet, not all blacks, of course, but most black people keep voting these people in and they keep making up excuses for their— Ninety uh, percent. Right. Yeah, 90 percent. And 90%. You know, I ask, why, why do you think Barack Obama didn't clean up the neighborhood? Why did he get the drugs out and the mm-hmm. gang members so the good, decent black Americans can finally breathe right. and have a life? And they say, oh, well, the Republicans stopped him. He didn't have the support of the Republicans. Oh. He didn't need to report the support of the Republicans. That's to do right.
1: That. For the first two years. Now we're up against our first uh, break here, or our second break of the day. Could you hold over, uh, and we finish this on the other side? Yes, sir. Great, great. Well, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson joining us, and we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. We will be right back.
0: A man and his microphone, Brother Craig.
1: Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, I'm joined, I'm honored and blessed to be joined by a true big dog guest, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson and um Reverend Peterson, well, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank Uh, thank
1: you for uh, joining us, and thank you for staying over. Yes, uh, sir, no problem. It's an honor to be on with you. Yeah, I I feel the same. And, uh, you know, I've I've been on your website here. And, folks, I encourage you. You all uh, out there have have been hearing my uh, donation appeal ad. And, uh, And for years I've been saying, you know, don't just donate to the First Amendment, Inc. You know, although we appreciate that, that keeps us on the radio but we encourage folks to be givers period okay to give generously give often and give in the measure that god has blessed you with and there are many i'm not the only person out here slinging the hatchet of truth and so and i in my ad i cite many other organizations to whom you could give including by the way your church uh you know only seven percent of churchgoers are tithers Seven percent, and many don't put anything in the plate, which I find, you know, I find that horrendous. But to to let the plate go by and not put anything in it, okay. But I encourage you to go to uh, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson's website after you go to mine, okay, and after you donate, <laughs> after you donate to the First Amendment Inc. Re- right. RebuildingTheMan.com. And when you see what this man is doing, okay, uh, and he's tackling issues like uh, fatherlessness, anger, victimhood, crime, the things that, um, you know, these uh, neoliberals actually teach anger because to these people because they want anger. And then you've got a man like Reverend Peterson who's teaching them to slow down, to stop, and to think, and to be calm, and to work these things out. I mean, I applaud you and um I, I just hope that some of our listeners uh would seek to support uh what it is you're doing i think you're doing a great work and you you want to uh you know elaborate on that a little
2: i um i i, and I appreciate you uh doing that uh, uh thank you so much for that but we got to uh do what we we're doing i started Bond about this coming sunday tomorrow if the lord is willing and the creek don't rise it would be 20 seven years old, the organization, and Bond is the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, and our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. Because, you know, when I was growing up down in Alabama, um, uh, under the Jim Crow laws, we had fathers and mothers for the most part, grandfathers and grandmothers were around and together. And so uh, we were taught to work, and we were taught to treat people The way that we would like to be treated. And I was always told that if you treat people the the way you would like to be treated, you work hard, save your money, invest in land, always get yourself a piece of land,
3: Mm -hmm. you'll do
2: fine in this country. And when I was growing up, I saw that around me, in spite of there were government laws that said we couldn't live in certain places or go to certain places. But due to the character of black people at that time, we were able to overcome all that. It didn't stop us. We weren't destroying property and Mm -hmm. robbing and killing uh, and blaming white people for it. We took responsibility. The parents took responsibility. And we got to return to that. Otherwise, it's just not going to get better. It's only going to get worse for black Americans if they don't return to character, you know, return to God. And, and and long story short, that's what Martin Luther King Jr. was all about. He said he said to black people, overcome evil with good. Don't hate your enemies. Right. Speak up and you know, and stand up but don't hate.
3: Mm-hmm. And black
2: Americans due to the misguiding of the so called so rightfully, and you rightfully call them uh, race hustlers or race pimps or something. Poverty uh, pimps. They have taken a <laughs> message of love and turned into it to hate.
1: It's so ugly. And the sad thing about it, uh, Jesse, is so many of them are preachers, and I refer to them as pulpit yes. pimps and, uh, and uh, pulpit pimp preachers and, and uh, poverty pimp politicians. And, uh, you know, the six Ps of the road to hell. And, yeah. and this is yeah. this is what, you know, is, is going on. And, you know, the um, book of Proverbs, the 31st chapter, many people are, are familiar with that as uh, the, the, where it talks about who can find a uh, virtuous woman. But what a lot of people don't know is that this was uh, written to a son. OK, listen, my son, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on. And then he goes through all these things that ruin kings, women, wine, beer, uh, anger. Uh, you know, it's like let those, let the, let the uh, people who are in anguish and poverty, let them do that. That's not for you to do. Yeah. And and it goes on to tell him. <sighs> How to find a virtuous woman, and it describes this virtuous woman. And one of the things uh, Jesse it says about where the virtuous woman finds her husband. Yeah, he's sitting at the gates of the city with the elders. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's not out burning anything down.
2: That's right.
1: And uh, and so you know, um, a man like you, and there are many, uh, there are many. Uh, Good, strong, decent conservatives and Christians in this nation that are yeah. trying to guide people are right, and but we we have to fight these people that are because these these young people they don't uh, grow up thinking that they're taught this stuff.
2: That's right. You're absolutely right. They they are taught that. Some of them are taught that in the home. Some are taught in the in, in some of these hateful churches like Jeremiah Wright Jr. and Louis Farrakhan. Yes. Uh, and some are taught in the, in the public. And the educational system, as you know, is doing nothing but brainwashing. Exactly. They're dumbing down and demoralizing. They're not educating the people. They are degrading them. They are causing them to be angry and turn against their own country and turn against their parents and turn against good.
1: And it's, it's purposeful. It's
2: insane what they're doing.
1: It's purposeful. And uh, see, 100 years ago, they had this uh, educational plan. Uh, John Dewey and that gang a hundred years ago, over a hundred years now, they started this movement. And one of the first things they said they needed to do was to take the child from the parent. E- you know, emotionally, spiritually, they needed to destroy what the parent had put in the child because they basically what they're doing is creating little robotic communists. They wind yeah. them up, and I mean, it's it's you know what what is it about? our side, Jesse, where we have well-meaning, for the most part, Christians, okay? And, and I've been critiquing for years, and I try to critique gently, in a sense. I mean, my, my style is bombastic, but the essence of what I'm saying, I'm trying to be gentle and speak this in a spirit of love, you know, one right. Christian to, a, to another brother or sister. And that the uh, we are at war with these people. And you, you see right there in the um, in the Garden of Eden, one brother over envy of the other brother killed him. Yes. And so the, we've been this is a war that we are in. And uh, but on our side, Jesse, we are just so afraid to call these people out the way I do in, in writing and speaking and on radio right. and the way I've seen you do it over the years. Um, you know, w- what, you, and you've been doing this longer than I have, so this time for me to just let you be the teacher and I be the student, okay? Go, you <laughs> run with it, brother. How do you, how do you, because you've you, 27 years is a long time.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I understand clearly, and God has allowed me to see that our battle is a spiritual battle, it's a warfare between good and evil. And then, on our side on and, and meaning with the blacks uh they have not had for a long time now they have not had good fathers in their homes to be that example for them of good they have not had fathers to bring love into the families, and so they only have that anger that comes because a lot of the mothers are angry they are angry at the men for not being there they're angry at the fathers at their fathers for not being there for them when they were growing up and so when they have these children they pass that anger down to their children and so the kids they can't handle that type of a mother or grandmother and so they end up becoming bitter toward them but instead of you know the preachers or someone telling them they need to forgive their mothers and grandmothers they can not help themselves uh, they are being told that it's the white man. Mm-hmm. And so now they hate the white man. I mean They blame them because they believe a the lie that w- w- white people are trying to hold them back. And so uh, there is no good in anger at all. And so when you come along as a black man and try to tell them the truth, they now they hate the truth because of that anger that's in their hearts. And they're going to try to hurt you. They're gonna call you names. They're gonna to try to hold you back. They're gonna to try to destroy you, because they, first of all, they are envious of you having the courage to tell the truth. And it's not them, but it's that spirit of anger that's in them, mm-hmm. and it drives them and causes them to do the things they wouldn't ordinarily do or normally do. Yeah. Now,
1: two thoughts. So, two two thoughts, Jesse. Well, number one, I see on your website where you deal with these issues of anger and fatherlessness and whatnot. And I applaud you for this fact that but you don't mention black and white. you mention just issues. And these yes. issues span all races. Yeah, you know, so it's, and, and the Democrat Party was historically the slavery party. And even right on up to today, the Democrats have people on this anger plantation. And they're they they they're going, it seems to me, the Democrat Party is going after everyone and they want this two-tiered world. They don't want a, a world where you have um, the, those that have made it, uh, those down at the bottom that are trying to make it, and those yeah. in the middle that are, you know, somewhere in between. They want a world where it's not a three-tiered society, but a two-tiered society where we run the show, we, we the, the elite 10%. And you down you the ninety percent, you do what we tell you to do, and inch yeah. by inch by inch, and and they're using anger and hatred, and if you that's look if,
2: that is so true, if you notice that's all they 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 promote is anger, they tell black people that white Republicans are against you because you're black, they want to put you in slavery, they want to you know keep you down, yes. they tell the women that the white men hate them. They want to keep you down. But they, they're doing
1: they, it to not just blacks. They do, this, this is like a worldwide thing now. And I'll right, yeah. give you a prime example, Jesse. The two, <laughs> the so two right. marches, the two marches that were just held. All right. Now, I just cited the virtuous woman, uh, King Lemuel's mother, writing to him about how to find a virtuous woman. Okay. Yes. Which march would King Lemuel find his wife Okay, at the march where they're citing a poem called Nasty Woman or the March for Life where they're talking about protecting the the, 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 the beautiful life in your womb.
2: Uh, the one where they're protecting the life <laughs> in the womb. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. That's when I was thinking about the, the Dirty Women March. <laughs> how, how in the world do those, th- those women think they're going to ever get a good man and have a, a decent family, a good family, when they're out there revealing that they're dirty, nasty women. Nobody, a man don't want a woman like that, and <laughs> children don't want mothers like that.
1: That's right. That's right. It's it's, it's just so sad. It's just they so had sad. They have no
2: shame about it. That's what's so amazing. I, I remember growing up, when you were doing something wrong, you had a sense of shame about it. You didn't want to promote it. You would hide. You would try to overcome it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and if you hadn't overcome it yet, even a little child, if they were going to do wrong, they'd go down in the basement and do it. They wouldn't, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> That's I right. mean. But see, in the 60s, the, didn't the Beatles have a song, Let's Do It in the Street? Yes, it's well, just, somebody did. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. But listen, brother, we got to take another break. Could you hold over for just maybe three or four more minutes on the other side? Okay, I will. All right. Well, all right, Virginia your big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal, and my big dog guest, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. We will be right back.
0: A man and his microphone, Brother Craig.
1: Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition, have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and god-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at salvationarmyusa.org, military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at sowwcharity.com, Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at vachristian.org, and saltandlightcouncil.org and there's also churches and others, many many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work so we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you the listener is to give give somewhere, give generously, and give often and give in the measure that God has given to you Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. This is a
3: man's word. This is a man's word.
1: But it wouldn't be nothing. Nothing. Tell him, James Brown. Without- this is a man's world, but it's shown enough wouldn't be nothing without our women and our girls. And uh thank you for staying with us, Virginia. Uh and thank you again, Jesse, for uh staying with us. And uh you know, yeah, those sure. you know, the 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 music and entertainment of when I was growing up, it was just it had so much beauty in it. I mean just look at the two songs just there, okay? Try a yeah. little tenderness by Otis Redding, okay? I mean, when, man, when I was growing up, you didn't have this this type of music where a woman was objectified like she was a thing. She was worshipped in song, like, you know, your heart was going to explode if you couldn't <laughs> be with her. <laughs> you know, and as you point out, back then, what did you have? You had what? A father and a mother. As a yeah. matter of fact, I've been uh, one of my big heroes uh was uh has been through the years Dr. Thomas Sowell and Dr. Walter Williams, and they cite these statistics that a uh, hundred years ago, a black family was more likely to have children in wedlock than a white family was. It was That's it was eighty-eight percent to eighty-seven percent over a hundred years ago. And and with the advent of um folks doing what what uh Frederick Douglass asked them Please don't do this, okay? After uh, slavery was over and they said, well, what will we do with the Negro? Frederick Douglass said what? Please do nothing with us. Just you've done enough. Leave us alone and let us rise and fall uh, on our merits, okay? But they did not do that. And so all this do-gooder stuff, now you you don't have people singing songs, you know, try a little tenderness or... Uh, my girl, or, you know, you are the sunshine of my life. You know, they, they sing and stuff now, you know, you know, I'm going to do you till you sweat, and all, just all kinds of nastiness. And, uh, you know. Yeah, how- they
2: have no respect for women nowadays, and that's so unfortunate. Uh, you know, you mentioned Dr. Thomas o and Dr. Walter Williams. Those two men are good, decent men. They've been around for a long time. Yes. But because they are conservative men, Who are out there revealing the truth? A lot of black people don't even know about them. Yeah, yeah. Because the the media and others have kept them in the background, and for the most part, and Mm -hmm. promoted people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and others who are no good for the country. Right. And uh, matter of fact, Doctor Walter Williams is on my boy. He was one of my first board members oh
1: that's great and uh i bl- i was blessed to interview him uh several years ago and it's one of my yeah. favorite interviews i just yeah. love dr williams and, yeah.
2: he, and he those guys could have been a major inspiration in mm-hmm. the black community yeah but they've been kept in the background like they try to do you and any other black conservative oh they don't yes. want that message to get out
1: oh yeah you, you're right and i mean the things i get called i mean death threats and all kinds of things it's um you know and then the worst thing is to just be ignored okay when you have uh, the solutions and yep. and the solutions are not brother craig's solutions for the most part they're just biblical solutions and common sense solutions
2: that's all you that's right and but they don't want to su- the society to improve no
1: they benefit from chaos that's why they try to shut you
2: down they yeah. want the lie they want destruction because it's good for the media and it's good for the Democratic Party.
1: Yeah, it's very good for the Democrat Party. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very good. It, you know, poverty pimps benefit. You know, I like I tell people all the time, Jesse, you just like you cannot have a poultry industry without chickens, you cannot have a beef industry without cows, you cannot have a poverty industry without poor people. That's right. And who runs the, the, yeah. the institutions of culture – Uh, From education, Hollywood, um, the media, politics, all these cultural institutions that teach people how to either think or not think, how to either emote or uh, calculate, all of these institutions are run by Democrats. Yes, sir. Yeah, and in particularly in the uh, core cities, if you take a crime map of the United States and a voting map of the United States— the high crime areas correspond almost perfectly with the Democrat voting areas.
2: One hundred percent.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's, go ahead. That's
2: what I like about President Trump. He is in a since he's you know, because he's the president, he is really exposing all that. Look how these people are rioting, mm-hmm. they are destructive, they are setting fire, they're trying to prevent conservatives from speaking at universities and that they just that's all the democratic party is about it that's why i've been telling people that there's no way you could be a christian a man or a woman of god and then uh know what the democratic party is about but the democratic party is anti god yes. anti family anti unborn child anti good and there's no way you can uh, vote for evil and and call yourself a man or a woman of God. If you stop voting for the Democratic Party, they would go out of business.
1: I I agree. I agree. And it's really acutely bad in the black church. I call them Reverend Chickenfoot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: These <laughs> these guys. I mean I got a name for everybody, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> and now and feel free to use that on your radio program. I give you another one uh, to use in reference to uh, a weak republican that talks to talk but can't walk the walk. Low fat low fat republican, okay? <laughs> 0 grams think outside the box. 0 grams uh onion power, 0 grams integrity. I mean, just I mean, it, it's mind-boggling and they hate Trump. Trump had to fight Democrats and Republicans. I know. And because the the machine in uh and you know, and I and I I look at it like every four generations we get to this ugly place and you need a person like trump if you think about it the revolutionary war we had a big tall strong uh god-fearing uh leader named george washington uh four generations and he was six foot two he was tall for his time all right four yeah. generations later and exactly four generations later now 86 years 1861 the civil war again you got a big tall deep voiced uh man who was a firm and resolute Abraham Lincoln. Four generations later, the nation, we are at it again, and this time it's the Depression and World War II. And it's every four generations you have what? Total war, you have economic crisis, and you have moral crisis. And we are now four generations after World War II, and what do we have? Economic crisis, moral crisis, military crisis, and uh because these these uh, muslim fundamentalists uh they are w- worse than the nazis yeah yeah and so right. w- what do we have as a leader again this time a big tall deep voice no nonsense leader okay Don- mean, donald trump yeah
2: and when you say no nonsense it is he is no nonsense Yes. If you attack him, he's going to attack back. Yes. And, and, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <Me too. laughs>
1: I love it. And if you're just joining us, folks, you have got to uh, Google this article. Where is this article again? Uh,
2: <laughs> they they can go to uh, either my website, rebuildingtheman.com, rebuildingtheman.com, or Warnet Daily. I write it. I write for Warren, That Daily. Yes. So that's wnd dot com. We're on NatDaily.com. dot com. Yes.
1: Yes. And uh, President Trump, man of authority. That's the article by yes. Je- by Jesse Lee Peterson, celebrating the reawakening of hope for America. And uh, uh, and apparently uh, the Obamas did not get the memo that we we now have hope. <laughs> I tell you, President
2: President Trump has done more in the last week or two. Yes, Barack Obama did in eight years.
0: Yes, yes. for the country. Yes, yes. It's
2: amazing to see that. You know, I uh, I'm glad to know you're out there, and I'm I'm gonna have to get you on my show if you would come on.
1: I'd be honored.
2: Yeah. Yes. Because we gotta support one another. We gotta let the people know that there are um, black men and women out there who are Americans, and they're not into all that blame game and stuff that others are doing. So yes. We definitely
1: have to get you on. Amen. I appreciate it. And anyway, you be blessed. I thank you. You've been very generous with your time this morning. I know you're a very busy man, and uh, I just pray God is with you continually and thank would you. bless your ministry. And uh, and I'm hoping that some some listeners in our audience would um, step up to the plate and uh, not only help the First Amendment Inc. but also help rebuildingtheman.com. Be blessed, brother.
2: You too, and thank you so much, and hopefully we can talk again soon on my show.
1: Okay, looking forward. Bye now. All
2: right, buddy. God bless you and your family. Thank you. Okay.
1: Well, all right, Virginia, we will see you on the other side of the break.
0: A man and his microphone, Brother Craig.
1: Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live on Virginia's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, thank you for... Staying with us out there, folks, that was a really, really fantastic interview we just had with Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. And uh, we just uh, I tell you, I'm anxious, anxiously <laughs> looking forward to uh, coming on his radio program out there in Los Angeles. And uh, hey, if you'd like to uh, participate in today's program, 804-454-1366 is the number 804-454-1366. We have another entire hour to go. Um, A little bit of um, statewide politics here. I'm going to share with you all. I have sent an invitation to all four uh, combatants in the uh, Republican uh, race uh, to be the uh, Republican nominee for governor. Okay. And and this this email went out. uh, I sent one email to all four campaigns, all right? Corey Stewart, Frank Wagner, Denver Riggleman, and Ed Gillespie. Now I'm going to read to you, the audience, the entire email. It's only a page. It's not long. I cordially and respectfully invite each candidate for the Republican nomination for governor to a series of one-on-one debates, two candidates at a time, live on my radio program, The Really Real Deal with Brother Craig the Hatchet Man. I am in my ninth year on air featuring the people and things that make America great and speaking to what I call the Christian, conservative, constitutional coalition. To respect each candidate's time, we can accommodate you via telephone. Landlined, preferable, but not necessary. I'm on live each Saturday, 10 to noon, 8.20 a.m. WNTW. Our reach is 170 square miles from Doswell in the north to Hampton in the east to Brunswick in the south to Louisa in the west. We also stream live at 820theanswer.com. I'll have my second hour open and available, 11 to noon, from February 11th onward as I tend to have my regular guests on in the first hour. I will also be very pleased to have individual interviews with all candidates who agree to participate in the one-on-one debate series. I respectfully await your answers. Craig Johnson, President, of The First Amendment Inc. and co-executive producer and host of The Really Real Deal with Brother Craig the Hatchet Man. Okay. That each candidate got that email. Now, we're going to see uh, who in, in the coming weeks, we're going to see who wants to come on and uh, who is willing to debate and see. We, we live in an era and this is this is going to be the, the new, you know, I, I might as well let the cat out of the bag. There's a new organization coming, folks, and it's called A New Republican Party. Dot .com, dot .net, dot .org, not .info, all of that, okay? And also the grand new party. This is coming, all right? This is coming, and it's coming sooner rather than later. And the purpose of this organization is going to be for exactly this, prim- Republican primaries only. The, the, the new Republican Party will not, I repeat, will not, Run a third-party candidate in a general election. What the new Republican Party is about is we're going to we're going to give a promise and we're going to extract a promise. The promise we're going to give is if everyone were would to uh, participate, and th- th- this is primarily for the uh, the uh, the the candidates who are outsiders who are non-incumbents so that when you go up against an incumbent, it's a one-on-one battle and not uh one-on-three, one-on-four, one-on-five, which happens all across the country. Once the Tea Party got up and running and guys like Dave Bratt were able to beat a guy like Eric Cantor, what the insiders figured out was, okay, we can't have any more um, one-on-one races. We got to have – Three or four on one. And so a guy like Eric Cantor figures that, well, if there was Dave Brat plus two other candidates, then Eric the Great could have won. Because when you have four or five guys running, 40% wins. But if you have two guys running, you got to get 51%. And seeing these guys know that quite often they cannot get 51%. And this is even tried in general elections. Okay? You look at how uh, Bill Clinton never got 50%. He got 46% his first election. He got 49% as an incumbent. He could only get 49%. As an incumbent. Okay? And they tell the lie that the country loves the Clintons. The Clintons never got 50%. Never. Ditto for. These these uh, these 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 Republicans now all across the country that uh, know that the uh, the Tea Party types, the constitutional types, the hardcore conservative types, the Christian types, that these people have a following. And the guy with all the hookups, all the money, all the connections, all this alleged experience, which is experience that got us into the mess that we're in. But they, they sell it as if that experience is a good thing. Well, these guys, time and time again, they know they cannot get 51%, okay? And so we saw here in uh, Virginia, what did McAuliffe win with? McAuliffe won with what? F- again, 46%. McAuliffe did not win with 51%. He did not. And so they bring on Who? Sarvis, so-called libertarian. And so for people that look at it individually and vote without strategy, oh, I'm a libertarian. I like libertarian ideas. I'm going to vote for the libertarian. What ends up happening is the candidate that wins is the least libertarian of the candidates. So a libertarian actually gets better libertarian leadership if he would figure out, OK, if my libertarian guy is going to get eight, nine, 10, 15 percent and guarantee that the Democrat wins, then I'm going to get less libertarian legislation passed. I'm going to get less uh, pushing of libertarian issues from just a bully pulpit leadership perspective. And so we have to be we have to learn how to play chess in politics and not checkers then that's what the new Republican Party is all about. It's about playing chess, not checkers. And so these old-fashioned ways of doing things, okay, the, uh, the guy in the lead with all the money and all the endorsements, he doesn't want to, he typically, he doesn't want to debate anyone. or He wants to give one or two debates with some really strict rules and stick someone up there As the uh, master of ceremonies asking the questions, that's not going to let him get uh, get on the hook or make him look bad or have to uh, be definite about anything. It's going to let him get away with being vague. Those days are over, folks. Those are over. Donald Trump blew that up. He blew it up. And this is a good thing. It's blown up. And this is the sad thing about the state of politics in the state of Virginia. Four years ago, we had Ken Cuccinelli, who very easily could have beat McAuliffe, very easily. The grand old Republican Party would not back, would not, would not back Ken Cuccinelli. They were angry because their guy, Bill Bowling, did not get the nod. So they would rather go four years with McAuliffe in office because they're looking at this long term as the, the how their power base gets maintained so that they can continue to get donations and be relevant and, you know, a, and get government jobs. So after they leave government, they can go and become a lobbyist and really cha-ching, cash in. Time out for that. Time out for that. OK. The gravy train has to stop because the republic is at risk of being lost, and so people woke up. They smelled the coffee. They they saw in Donald Trump a butt kicker, and for a while it was it looked like it was it could have been Cruz. It was Trump or Cruz. It was not gonna. It was never ever ever never ever ever gonna be one of the normal regular uh, politicians. And they this is what they hate. They hate that. Okay. It was never, it was never, it was never, ever, ever going to be one of your typical politicians, okay? It was in the case of the Virginia's governor last time, the Bill Bowling crowd was angry that Ken Cuccinelli got it, who was my generational cohort, Generation X, coming and taking it from the baby boomers, and they were angry. And on a national level, it's the same thing. These establishment inside guys, they, they wanted Jeb Bush. They wanted John Kasich. If, if they had to make a compromise and say, well, okay, we're going to go with a young guy, it was going to be, for them, it had to be somebody like Marco Rubio, the who, whom they could control, you know, little Marco, all right? It was not going to be any of the outsiders, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. And I'm one of the few in the nation that predicted that, this, that that nomination would come down to a battle between Ted Cruz and Donald Trump and that the low-fat Republicans like Kasich and, and, um, and um, Bush and Jindal and all, and they're, they're all nice guys. They're fine, they're fine people on policy, but they don't bring attitude. And when the nation is at risk, folk want some attitude. Folk want an onion toter. Folk want someone to kick the door down and say, enough. Folk want someone to stand in front of the oncoming train, hold their hands up and say, halt. That's what folk want. And that's what folk got. And so here we are coming up on another governor's election here in the state of Virginia. And the grand old Republicans can't figure it out. Just saw it happen, okay? They just saw it happen. Four years ago, they didn't back the Gen X guy, and they got McAuliffe. Just a a month ago, you had Donald Trump, outsider. And it could have been the other outsider, Cruz, but you had the two outsider guys, not the insiders, the outsiders. And what do we do? Automatically, here we go again. Oh, well. This one, he has all the money. This one, he has all the endorsements. This one, he has all the experience. That's a broken model, folks. It will not work. The only it's one thing that matters of these four gentlemen, and they're all four of them, I applaud all four of them, they're fine men. But this is what matters. Which one of these men can stand on a stage with Ralph Northam? Who, Ralph Northam is a doctor, and he's a major. He's a military man, and he's well-liked. Who can stand on a stage with him and win? Nothing else matters. On the other side of the break, we're going to take your phone calls, 804-454-1366. I'm hoping that these four candidates will agree to come on the program and debate each other To give you, the citizen, a sense of not how they can rip each other, but give you, the citizen, a sense of which man is qualified to stand on the stage with Dr. Major Ralph Northam. We'll be right back.
0: A man and his microphone, Brother Craig.
1: Hello Virginia, Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this Rendezvous with Destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org, military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com, Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VACHristian.org, and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here. Doing Doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the First Amendment Inc. com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you.
3: Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the
1: Welcome back to the program. You tell them, Des you got to be bad. You got to be bold. You got to be wise. I mean, hey, that's what it's all about, folks. And as I was just saying, that uh, that's really what it's all about in the uh, governor's race coming up. OK, it's 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 not about um, who has the best resume. All right. It, like I pointed out, Donald Trump had no resume and but he won. Why did he won? You know, we the the example is not even two months old. Okay, so November. I mean, well, yeah, it is two months old. <laughs> it's just barely two months old. Okay, the the example is is right there, and um, so we um, okay. And and now, and I just put the challenge out, and already we have. You know, obviously, we have at least one of the four is an onion toter, okay? Because we have on the line Corey Stewart. Corey, how you doing, man?
4: Hey, Craig. Always great to be on your show.
1: Hey, it's great. And, you know, it's been too long. We interviewed you a couple of times uh, back when you were making uh, really, really big news uh, up in your county on the immigration issue. You remember that?
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs) How can I ever forget?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and folks, this is this is what I'm talking about, okay? This this is a man, this is Corey Stewart running for the Republican nomination for governor. This is a man that's been toting a set of onions for quite a while, and I don't mean baby pearls. Okay? He didn't just start trying to be an onion toter just last week or last month or last year. I mean, I mean, tell the folks, Corey, how. How is it that you can be in Northern Virginia, which is, you know, what we like to call the People's Republic of Northern Virginia. You are a conservative. You are a card carrying conservative. And yet you have been able to win elections up there. And, you know, most Republicans uh, run and would never, ever, ever do anything hard and and true on something as sensitive as immigration, how do you do it?
4: Well, you know, the truth is, people like a direct talker. They—that's uh, why they elected Donald Trump. That's why, you know, I've gotten elected four times countywide in Prince William County, um, and that's—that's that's 454,000 people, 400 almost a half million people. That's my district. It's 54 percent minorities, and um, you know, I win the African American vote. I win the Asian vote. Uh, I do very well, uh, you know, overall, and uh, by increasing margins, because I'm a straight talker, and I get things done. Good conservative things, tax cuts, cracking down on illegal immigration, dropping the crime rate, and that's what people like to see. Even if they disagree with you, at least they know where I stand.
1: Now, do you actually go out into these minority communities and and teach them that— Hey, I know the Democrats uh, have said uh, all Republicans are these boogeymen, but this is what conservatism really means. Do you do that?
4: I absolutely go in there. But, you know, the thing is, is that I, I, don't, I don't go in there and teach isn't quite, quite the right word I like to use because, at the end of the day, you know, if you ignore somebody's neighborhood, if you don't go into their churches, if you don't go into their schools and neighborhoods, then you're ignoring them and they, and they, they feel slighted. Right. I've always felt that all you've got to do is you've got to go into those areas that are traditionally blue and the African-American neighborhoods in particular, you show up and you listen and, and, and people, when they, they, they know that's the message you're sending is that you care. You want to understand, you want to understand the concerns. And one of the things I knew about this in Prince William County 10 years ago was, Hey, we got a lot of crime in our community down here. Mm-hmm. And we have these illegal immigrants who are getting away with it. Nobody's doing anything about it. And they keep, you know, they're getting arrested and they keep getting released. I did something about it and people appreciated it.
1: Amen to that. And, uh, you know, the, uh, now do you have up on your website charts showing the uh, levels of crime or, and uh, economic activity and uh, educational attainment and where they were? where these levels were when you came on the scene and what the trend line has been under your leadership?
4: Sure, we got all that there. Um, on illegal immigration, When we we uh, we so far have handed over through our very aggressive policy more than 7,500 criminal illegal aliens. These are people who are here illegally, commit crimes, and so far we've handed over to the feds over 7,500 of them. Wow. When we did that, when we did that, the violent crime rate came down by forty-eight point seven percent. Almost fifty percent drop in violent crime. Of course, the Washington Post said that was a coincidence, but we all know better. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, I, I put through the largest tax cut in Prince William County Prince William County history. It's, our tax bills are now about thirty percent low below the rest of Northern Virginia. And lo and behold, guess what happens? We get a lot of job growth. A lot of businesses right. moving into the county number one in job growth, number one in Virginia, number three in the country. That's my record. A lot of people talk about cutting taxes, cutting spending, cutting crime, cracking down on illegal immigration. I deliver. I've been able to actually get it done in northern Virginia, a very tough area.
1: Now let me ask you this. Does it work the same way on a local level the way it does on a national level? Because when you had uh, Republican President Calvin Coolidge cut taxes Republican President Ronald Reagan cut taxes and Democrat President John Kennedy cut taxes. Regardless of a Republican or Democrat, all three presidents got the exact same result. The rate of tax was cut, but the amount of money revenue coming in increased. Did you get that same? Did you get that same result locally?
4: Exactly. We have it. We've had the same result. Locally in Prince William County, since we started cutting taxes, uh, in the last three years, we've had more than $3 billion. That's with a B in private sector investment. People come to the county because we've got lower taxes, more streamlined business regulation. And by the way, that's what we got to do in Virginia. We've been sitting complacent in Virginia.
3: Mm-hmm. We've
4: been bleeding jobs to North Carolina. Now, why is that? North Carolina reduced their top marginal income tax rate down from 7.75%. Just a few years ago, now it's at Mm
3: 5.49%. Meanwhile,
4: Virginia is stuck at 5.75%. In fact, we had the largest tax cut in Virginia history in 2013. And lo and behold, we're bleeding jobs in North Carolina.
1: Okay, Corey, we're up against a hard break. Can you hold over for a few more minutes? Absolutely. Okay. Well, all right, folks, we have on the line with us Corey Stewart running for the Republican nomination for governor here with the Really Real Deal.
0: We will be right back a man and his microphone brother Craig
1: Welcome back to the program, Virginia, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, the big dog for talk in the state of Virginia. And, uh, hey, we are the really real deal, and we have a really real deal candidate with us. And uh, I do want to, before we get back to Corey Stewart, I want to reiterate that last uh, ad you had. Uh, Hey, we're, we're, we're here in need of support, advertiser support. But we can also deliver. This station covers 170 square miles, and we are the conservative voice in the state of Virginia. And the number here at the station is 804-717-2000. If you want to be an advertiser, you can advertise throughout the station, or you can ask to just advertise on uh, my program. And it really does, it's its a win-win. We can help deliver you customers and you can help keep us on the air. And uh you can also do that by going to the First Amendment and uh making a donation. And so we greatly appreciate it. And um Corey, you know, this this thing is um it's, it's really about communication, articulation. We we just had an example of the future of politics with the victory of Donald Trump, a guy with no political resume at all uh an outsider and as a matter of fact it was for a while it was down to him and uh and Ted Cruz the two both outsiders both you know going against the status quo and here we go again it's you know folks needed a, a person that could tell the country that the democrats are demons from the very pit of hell and not necessarily um, being uh, prim and proper around the periphery of things that don't really matter. Uh, So what is it about that message that the establishment Republican Party is not getting and the election is not even three months old?
4: You know, they really don't get it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, in World War II, I always think about this, the French fighting the last war. And, you know, You've got to wake up to, re- to the new reality. And the, and the reality is people are sick and tired of the same old, same old politicians that never talk straight, politicians that, you know, just cower. Uh, and, you know, the first thing that, you know, this, just this morning I was at, in Henrico County, and somebody accused me of, you know, being a racist uh, because I was cracking down on illegal immigration. I said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to cower down to you. I'm not going to cower down to any of that. It's time to stand up. Yes. Say it like it is. That's what people want right now. We're tired of being uh, just cowering down and, and, and this 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 pathetic thing that politicians do, which is just try to not offend anybody. Right. That that era is over.
3: Yeah. And politicians yeah.
4: who are elected are done. Yeah.
1: Because you don't need a hundred percent of the vote. You only need fifty-one percent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or yeah. in a
4: three-man contest, you need
3: even fewer than that. A- but,
1: exactly. I mean, well, I'm sure. I'm speaking of a general election. I know right now there's four <laughs> of you, which brings me to my next point. And you know, the email you got, I sent that exam, and I I actually that email, Corey, I actually read it on the air uh, earlier in the program, and just just to let all the people know that I have invited uh, you, Corey Stewart, I've invited Frank Wagner, Denver Riggleman, and Ed Gillespie are uh, invited cordially and respectfully to debate each other in a series of one-on-one debates live on this radio program. And you're the first person I heard from. And I'm, it's going to be really interesting. Are uh, we going to hear from all four candidates uh, or just who is willing to face one another. And my goal, Corey, is not to have you guys slice and dice each other. My goal is simple. This uh, The opponent is going to be a doctor, a military man, a sitting lieutenant governor. He is not as easy to, um, to uh, beat up on as, let's say, for example, uh, Mark Warner, who is the richest senator in a very rich club, and a guy who made all of his money after he got into government. Now, if you can't beat that guy, that there's—I mean, there's something wrong if you—if you can't beat that. That's an easy drum to beat. Okay, the guy uh, becomes a politician, then gets rich, and he's not an old man. Is I mean, come on, that's—that's that's a gimme.
4: Yeah. Well. You know, uh, you know, winning four elections countywide with 450,000 people in Northern Virginia, uh, four times, I've learned to be—and I hate to say this—but I've learned to be a ruthless campaigner. Uh, I am absolutely no hold barred, no hostages taken. You go right for the jugular, and because that's what we need right now. We need fighters. Yes. Um, and, you know, I saw I had a little debate with uh, Ralph Northam the other day in front of the Asian American Chamber of Commerce. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he says all this politically correct garbage, of course, and people just sit there and they thought that I was going to, you know, give the same old line. Well, I didn't. I went right after the thing. And, and Rolf Northam actually said to this Chamber of Commerce, he said that the reason he said that North Carolina was now losing jobs because they passed HB2. That's that transgender garbage. Right, uh, th- th- you know that, that they passed HB two, which would which which would uh, prohibit uh, you know men from going into women's rooms and so forth, and which I I support that bill that that legislation. Now, Do you support
1: legislation is, to ban it, or you're in favor ban of ban it? it. Okay, good okay,
4: to ban it. To ban it. Let's be clear yeah, right. Yes. So uh, anyway, I so said, look, this is the problem with you know with with liberals. They think they think that political correctness generates jobs and growth. It doesn't. What we need are lower taxes, lower regulations, and, um, and, and and that's why North Carolina is gaining jobs, not losing jobs. They're gaining jobs. We're mm. the ones who are losing jobs.
1: Right. And they've had a few high-profile cases of um, these neoliberal businesses that have made a big fuss over it, but not a an exodus of jobs in the aggregate.
4: That's right. Since 2010... North Carolina has generated an astounding five hundred thousand new jobs. North uh, and and Virginia has been a paltry three hundred and forty thousand. They are eating our lunch because mm-hmm. they're lowering regulations and they're cutting taxes. That's what Virginia's got to do. And That's what we're going to do right. under my administration. Right
1: now, let's say uh, you're uh, you're the one uh, blessed to be by the by the uh, conservative. Uh, Christian uh, Constitutional Coalition in, in the state of Virginia, and you're the guy that's uh, selected to stand with uh, Dr. Northam. Do you do you attack Dr. Northam, or do you attack the 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 neoliberal ideology of the entire Democrat Party? Uh, you know, strategy-wise, uh, you know, do you try to soft-shoe it and get everyone to just think you're a nice guy? Or do you, um, you know, bring 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 your a game? You bring a bring you a go, big set of onions.
4: You you come you come in there with a bazooka, <laughs> and you start blasting away. You have to start blasting away at the left wing and their ideology, and to the extent they support that ideology, you have to blast away at them too. Because at the end of the day, we're fighting for the future of our children in this state. There's no time for Weak need, weak jaw, willy nilly politicians. We're in this to the you know. This is serious stuff here, and yes. there's no time anymore for for uh, pussy putting around.
1: Yeah. Well, the Virginia gentleman mystique, which I think has always been a myth. I mean, people are people, but the Virgin. There are there are certain people in politics that actually believe in this thing, the Virginia gentleman. Where well, we don't do it like that in Virginia. We're genteel and. You know, like we are sitting out on the lawn drinking mint juleps or something. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah,
1: I mean, that's right. And in in a modern in a modern era where we have 24 seven communications, uh, is it is it not true, Corey, that, you know, when you break this state down mathematically, you you have those that are never, ever, ever going to vote with you. You have those that are always going to vote with you. And then those in the middle, if you're not really making a great big noise, why would they wake up and pay any attention to you?
4: Well, you have to lead. You know, it's not leadership if everything you do is, is you are run by your consultants. It's poll tested. That's not leadership at all. And, and look, you can, here's the thing that I found about leadership in Northern Virginia is when you take a tough position and you're confident in what you're doing and it shows positive results, people will follow you even if they initially object to what you're doing even if they initially disagree eventually they're going to follow because they know you're a real leader and by the way going back to this virginia gentleman thing it's a bunch of hooey (laughs) we have our our history our history in virginia is not about virginia quote virginia gentlemen yeah we have tough tough leaders in the history of the state Yeah, george washington thomas jefferson Patrick Henry. I mean, we are a leadership state.
1: Founding fathers. We are not a weak need state. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even on religious liberty, the uh, you know the Constitution was based on the Virginia Statute of Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. It is right. I mean, Virginia. Virginia was key. And um, hey, it, it's. Uh, I, I see this thing boiling down to, and I'm praying that. Uh, other of the uh, other three candidates that they will join you in your willingness to debate one-on-one with them live on the air. I think that would be uh, much more beneficial to the voters than having all four of you on a stage for, for one hour and, and you get these one minute sound bites and then 30 minutes to re- 30 seconds to respond. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that's fine, but I I think to to have a series where you get, uh, which is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to give you a a, a three-minute run to make your case. If let's say you're talking to the uh, middle of the road, uncommitted, undecided, you know, the conservatives are already going to vote for whoever the, uh, we choose, whether it's you or one of the other candidates. But to the unaffiliated, the guy that's working so hard, he's working two jobs, he has his. His kids to get through college. He has his elder parents living with him, and he's overwhelmed. Okay, and Corey, you got three minutes to make the case to that
4: guy. Go. Let me do it in one and a half. Here's the thing. I'm a fighter. I've I've successfully fought. I've never bent knee. I've been able to put in the toughest crackdown on Ill, illegal immigration, any anywhere in the United States. I've brought down crime by 50 percent in Prince William County. I put through the county's biggest tax cut in county history. I have cut in half the amount of time that it takes a business to open up or to expand in the county. I've made the county number one in job growth in Virginia, number three in the United States. I've raised the median income to one of the highest in the country, and that's what I want to do for for Virginia. And I'm a winner. I'm the only one who's been able to win in a very large district in northern Virginia, in Prince William County, county countywide, 454,000 people, 54% minorities, and I've won it, not by a little bit, but but by a lot, four times, repeatedly. I've always stood my ground, and I win, and if you want a governor who's going to fight for you, fight for conservative values, win and win and win, and bring down taxes and bring back job growth to the state of Virginia, then I'm your guy.
1: Very well said. And, you know, I have to be not, I have to, you know, walk a fine line here. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, particularly in the area that you're doing it, that's impressive. That's impressive. and uh, Thank you, Craig. Yeah, and so we're just so thankful that you took some time out. I know you've got a lot of places to go today. And uh, we, we're going to be able to have you back on time and time again, uh, hopefully as we go forward. And uh, And, again, for other candidates out there, any candidate that's willing to face the other candidates in one-on-one debates, they get to have their own interview just like Corey Stewart got. Now, anyone that's not willing to participate in the debates, I'm going to have to respectfully decline giving them the the one-on-one uh, power of this, uh, of this microphone. And so, Corey, thank you so much, and I uh, wish you much success on the campaign trail.
4: Hey, thanks a lot, Craig. Always great
1: to be on the show. Okay. God bless you. All right. Well, all right, Virginia. We're going to take our final break of the day, and when we come back, we will be able to take your phone calls, 804-454-1366, for the Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal.
0: A man and his microphone, Brother Craig.
1: Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian conservative constitutional coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at salvationarmyusa.org, military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at sowwcharity.com, Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at vachristian.org and saltandlightcouncil.org and there's also churches and others many many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work so we support not only our own group thefirstamendmentinc.com which keeps us on the air But the main thing for you, the listener, is to give, give somewhere, give generously and give often and give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, it's been a fantastic program so far. We've had two really, really big dog guests. <laughs> uh, big dog Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson in the first hour and big dog Corey Stewart here uh, just, a moment, just moments ago. And, uh, of course, we really, really appreciate both those fine gentlemen joining us and sharing with you our audience. And uh, we also want to reiterate that the uh, the invitation has gone out to uh, Frank Wagner, Denville Riggleman, and Ed Gillespie. And, um, you know, we, we, we hopefully we will uh, – we have plenty of time, but we hope to hear from them as well and schedule these one-on-one debates where you can uh, get a sense, you can take a measure of – how these men would stack up. And again, not how they slice and dice one another. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. And um, at the end of the day, I think whoever the uh, Republican nominee is, the uh, most conservatives uh, will support him, although, you know, that did not happen with um, with uh, Ken Cuccinelli. Okay, the Bill Bowling types. Um, former Senator John Warner, I mean, um, mayor of Virginia Beach, Will Sessions, uh, you know, these folks endorsed the Democrat, uh, and uh, I don't know how many people they took with them, but the result was uh, Terry McAuliffe, in spite of uh, being under two federal investigations at the time, and uh, since then under a third federal investigation, and of course, with a Democrat in the White House, they, they went nowhere. And, uh, and we're not talking about, you know, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of trinkets that some man bought for your wife. You know, like they did with Bob McDonald, almost sent that man to prison over nothing. Uh, we're, we're talking uh, millions of dollars. We're talking about real crime, real crime and, and nothing, nothing. But we had low fat Republicans that endorsed that man over Ken Cuccinelli just so they could make sure that my generational cohorts generation X could not grab the the mantle of power away from these baby boomers. And it's, it's asinine it's wicked. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how all this shakes out uh, with the, um, the the June uh, primary for the uh, Republican uh, nomination uh, for governor. Now, we, uh, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, I could. Uh, I'll give the number out one more time, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Now, uh, you all know I tend to write uh, a few articles now and again, and we had a, we had a fantastic article um, in the Virginia Free Press uh, that came out uh, on January 16th, uh, Martin Luther King Day, uh, and it was titled When Anniversaries Collide. I highly encourage you to just Google that, when anniversaries collide at at the Virginia Free Citizen, or you can get it at the uh, Virginia Christian Alliance. Uh, I'm the school choice advocate over there at the Virginia Christian Alliance. Um, But now tomorrow I have, uh, and that article, by the way, I've got, it's gone all over the country. I've gotten responses, uh, very positive responses, literally from all over the country. Out of all of the responses, I got one negative response. Only one, and I got dozens and dozens of uh, positive responses from all over the United States. Now, uh, in tomorrow's Richmond Times-Dispatch commentary section, uh, the uh, the Times-Dispatch editorial staff uh, requested from, I think they said, from eight different uh, people across the uh, state of Virginia. I was blessed and privileged, and actually, it's quite an honor to be. Uh, one of the people that they asked to write an article on this subject. And it was simply a question. Do you trust the media? And so the uh, the eight responses, um, mine will be in the mix. And uh, it, I think it's I can't wait till tomorrow. I know what I wrote, but I'm, I'm just interested to see what the entire page is going to look like. It'll be the centerfold in the commentary section. In, in Sunday's uh, Richmond Times Dispatch. So if you are if you're not a subscriber, uh, go out and buy one or, you know, maybe it is might be a good time to subscribe. I don't know. But my uh, my my answer to that question, do you trust the media was for the stale uh, media? No. For the new media? Yes. And. The uh, I, I look at it, you know, I'm president of the First Amendment Inc. And so I look at it along First Amendment lines. And uh, I'm just going to share with you, you you're going to get a preview of the article here. And I'm close to the end of the program. I, I hope I have time. I'll, I'll just read it here. The, f- the six clauses in our First Amendment are really three sets of two. The first two cover religion and faith. The next two cover individual speech and corporate or institutional speech, including media. The last two cover things citizens may want to do when informed by the first four clauses on faith and speech, namely, to assemble with whomever and for whatever they please, and to petition their government. That's what it's about, getting people to assemble, to engineer their assembling, and their consent to be governed, whether as Republicans, Democrats, or constitutionalists, as Protestants, Catholics, or Jews, as free marketers, socialists, or crony capitalists. It requires speech, both individual and institutional. It's precisely this speech that is used in all our power centers that shape culture, and has the ability to move men's hearts. So, when we ask the question, do you trust the media, we're really inquiring about fallible humans and powerful groups of humans with tremendous powers of influence and whether they discharge that power faithfully to the true calling of journalism or whether they're pretending. Some power centers have people and leaders who are sincerely civic-minded. They truly want to spread the gospel or ensure domestic tranquility or to report all the news that's fit to print. Some only want personal power, glory, or profit. Some really are only advocates for powerful interests, the most powerful of which is creating bigger and more powerful governmental control of our lives. They pretend to want to paint a portrait of society by accurately reflecting the human condition and reporting events truthfully. Media critics have long claimed that political hacks hide in journalism. Many say both sides do it. While partially true, journalists routinely self-report as being 90% Democrat. We just witnessed most media morph from lap dog for Obama and Clinton to attack dog on Trump. These same media institutions used to call Stalin Uncle Joe, and they let Obama get away with ridiculing Romney for calling Russia our number one geopolitical foe. After Obama had been caught on a hot mic telling Medvedev he'd have more flexibility after his re-election. After the Trump victory, most institutional journalists were falsely crying, Russia hacked the election. Edmund Burke described journalists as the fourth estate, checking the powerful. The advent of mass media and big money got them bought And institutionalized. Fewer voices have been allowed as engineering consent for more government control and less individual liberty became primary. What about the shutout voices? The explosion of internet-driven media and talk radio programs like mine has given new journalists the power to be called the fifth estate. Not only watching the powerful, but also watching the watchers, with many more voices. Like most American institutions, the fourth estate of institutional journalism is now stale and sickened, with many segments no longer worthy of trust. I have confidence, however, that as the fifth estate of new media matures and grows, the increased competition in the marketplace of ideas will bring correction, and healing as new ideas usually do you've just gotten a preview folks but go out and buy the newspaper tomorrow anyway we'll see you here next week same hatchet time same hatchet station
3: to you and defend her still today. But